A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. Our podcast partner is Levi Solicitors. They will give you a discount on your legal fees for going through us. They've been in the business for 85 years, so they know absolutely what they're doing. They'll give everybody 10% off who goes through the square ball or 20% off if you are a key worker. You can get in touch via levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan. Hello. And with me is Michael Normanson. Hello. Joining us from his holidays, eh? And here's Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. I am not on holiday. When you live in Leeds, every day is like a holiday. Says the guy from Pontefract. Right, we've got a summer special on the way in a few weeks. Uh, the story of the 2019-20 Champions season. Thanks to you if you've bought some of our merchandise in the last couple of weeks as well. Thanks to, uh, to our merchandise partner, Awesome, for their work with this. Because I think we absolutely overwhelmed them with the volume of stuff that we've ordered from them. And they've been working flat out to get it printed and delivered as soon as possible because they've got staff furloughed too, and they've been contending with social distancing guidance as well. So thanks to them. All the outstanding orders on currently in-stock products are due to be shipped out on Tuesday, the 4th of August. So we'll be with you soon after. The all-over print t-shirts, like the ones from 1992, are being specially made. So they're a little bit further behind, but they shouldn't be too far now. Everything you need is at the squareball.net. We sit here then in, in early August, and the longest season ever is nearly over. And it kicked off almost exactly a year ago to the day at Bristol City. And we will know tomorrow what the final lineup is for next season's Premier League. And if you give a shit, the championship as well. So our scene's been over for weeks, didn't it run about? Only dickheads are still playing now. I was very disturbed looking at the Europa League fixtures that they've not even got to the quarterfinals yet. What have they been playing at? They're doing it like a lot, sort of mini World Cup thing, aren't they? They're just playing... Where are they doing it? I don't know. We'll be in it next year, probably, so we should probably pay more attention to these things. Is it Portugal? Yes. Might be, yeah. So that's nice for them. Nice time in the Algarve, because I think that's about as much reward as Fat Frank's going to get. Anyway, playoffs have been happening, just to tie up the championship season. One good bit that's come out of the playoffs is we don't have to play Cardiff next season. That is a real treat. No Cardiff, no Millwall, no Warnock, unless he can somehow talk his way into some Premier League job, which I wouldn't actually put past him. I feel like the Cups will probably bring us together with at least one of those teams that we or people that we don't want to see, but to not have to look at the fixtures and go, oh, fuck me now. Cardiff on a Tuesday night in November or whatever. It is pleasant. Colin signed himself up for that extra year at, at Middlesbrough just too soon, didn't he? Somebody must have told him that Eddie Howe was staying at Bournemouth and then he's changed his mind and he's missed it because that would have been perfect. Would have saved. I have just um, seen that... Uh, Teesside Airport 
hot for an opportunity of of increased the number of flights from uh, Cornwall to Teesside, and they've even got Colin to promote the bloody thing. I presume that's the the entire reason why they've increased the frequency. But it's not like he's going to use it more often. He'll still just go to Middlesbrough once a week if he has to. But um, he said uh, that the plane, it's been an absolute laugh saver for me. It's an hour and 10 minutes for me to do QH. Otherwise, it'd be a six and a half hour drive for people in this part of the country. It's such an easy way to see a wonderful part of the country. Cornwall is an amazing place. A Teesside is a wonderful airport to use. So we're all lucky we can have the best of both worlds. So um, he hates Middlesbrough by the sounds of it. I mean, there are some beautiful parts of the the northeast he's he's a, a hop skip and a jump from durham and all the um all the players at middlesbrough seem to rate yarm and there are some nice things in yarm uh warnock's not having it though it's the airport the airport home that's what he likes about teesside we are speaking 24 hours ahead of the playoff final between brentford and fulham uh, but do we have a horse in that race do we care uh, i mean brentford deserve it they've definitely been the better team this season, I would say, but it feels like Fulham have got there by default just from having loads of good players who occasionally do all right for them. But yeah, I don't particularly care. I think it would be better if Fulham went up precisely for that reason that Scotty Parker will be found out as a fraud instantly and it will be six points for us off Fulham next year, which could be very important. Secondly, our chances of taking points off other teams will be enhanced if we can sign all Brentford's good players. So there's two very good reasons for, for Brentford to to stay down and Fulham to come up. It does mean it'll hurt Pontus Janssen, but judging by his performance in the playoffs, uh, semi-finals, I don't think he wants to come up anyway. Gave away a penalty in the first leg. And then I, I don't know what he was trying to do in the second leg, apart from distill all the bad parts of his ego into one movement. But um, it was quite a spectacular fuck up. It had a lot of Belushi about it. Especially when he turned and screamed at the right back. <laughs> yeah, having tried to having tried to back heel a clearance. You see, I do love Pontus Janssen. I'm really grateful for what he was when he was at Leeds and the contribution that he made. And, you know, you couldn't not love him because of his demonstrative manner with the fans. But I do want to see him crying on the Wembley pitch. And I do want to see Thomas Frank looking really, really hangdog and miserable at full time. Because he's been a little bit too pleased with himself, hasn't he? On a personal level, I would be happy to see Pontus Janssen romping around Wembley with a trophy and then testing himself in the Premier League because there's no question he's he's good enough to play at that level. And for what he did for Leeds, um, I am grateful. But bigger picture is I want us to sign Saeed Panrama. So, you know, sorry. Mind you, with the number of chances that he was ballooning over the bar in that second leg, I thought he'll fit right in. Yeah, he, can, he can add to our XG without necessarily adding to the goals. And you're right, Thomas Frank is a fairly despicable individual. So um, <laughs> it's just Pontus's bad luck that he's kind of uh, involved himself in such a such a weird place. And they can't be opening that new stadium in the Premier League. It's a championship stadium and it needs to stay there. It's the Andorra National Stadium. Never mind championship stadium. Uh, did you see the Sky Sports tweet a little bit earlier on today? Uh, Brentford's Emiliano Marcondes says Fulham Fear facing his side ahead of the Skybet Championship playoff final. It seems to be a little bit contagious that their their players and fans are talking about other clubs. It is worth clarifying because I dug into the replies on this in that what he actually said was, 
having beaten Fulham twice this year, there's every reason they could fear us. That was more specifically what he said. However, we know how this works and these things get distilled into short 140 character quotes and so on and so forth. Never wise to talk about another football team, is it, ahead of a game? Job done. It's already job done for them. I think I'm going to watch this game probably and I'll decide as I'm watching it who I want to win. I'll decide who I dislike the most on the day because it could go either way, I think. It might depend It might depend on what Scotty Parker's wearing. This is it. You'll dislike Fulham the most because they've got Scotty Parker and also Leeds hating Tom Kearney. But the, as I said, the advantages for Leeds and, and this rhetoric that Brentford have where they seem to think that they are actual bees and that's why people are running away from them whenever they're coming as if they're going to get stung. Actually, just furry wasps, aren't they? Everybody, it's wasps that are the scary ones. Bees, fine, not bothered. Meanwhile, whilst all that's been going on, our players have been having a jolly nice time on their holidays. We've had a couple of main groups that have come to prominence on social media. First of which was Calvin Phillips and beautiful, beautiful young Ben White having a nice time with Tyler Roberts. They've been in Marbella. I mean, it looks like they've been having a jolly nice time, judging by some of the videos and photos. I mean, the hyper-professional Bielsa regime looks to have had a little bit of a break for those two, but you know what? They deserve it. They're young enough. They can get over it. I'm sure if if Pablo had got himself in that state, it might take him six months to recover, but I'm sure those two will be fine. When Ben White, of course, is our player, so we need to make sure he's fine. Some of the faces that they've been pulling in the videos when they've been, shall we say, a little bit, worse for wear, have been entertaining, especially that bloke who who filmed them saying, did he say they weren't as good as Declan Rice or that they were better or something stupid? I don't know. Not as good as Declan Rice. And then he, he seemed so pleased with himself that he'd come up with a, the most cutting and remarkable quip that anyone could possibly come up with. And he was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, look at him. Don't know what to say, do they? We're actually just thinking, fuck off, mate. I'm trying to have a nice holiday. It was a, a Premier League banter tweet turned flesh and blood, wasn't it? Goring up, we're going, hey, whoa, Calvin Phillips, not as good as Declan Rice, were you? And yeah, Calvin's face, just looking at the camera with utter disdain, like channeling Anne Robinson on The Weakest Link, was the perfect repost. Time was, you'd probably have been able to smack that lad over the back of the head with a bottle and nobody would have batted an eyelid. You would have just carried on playing for George Graham's Arsenal and it would have been fine. But with a, a camera in his face, um, Calvin showed admirable restraints to just um, show exactly what he thought of it all with his eyes. One interesting thing to factor into that particular dynamic was that they were there with some West Brom players because Tyler Roberts, of course, came through the system at, at West Brom, one of which was Jonathan Lecco, who was on loan at Charlton and was, according uh, to the findings of the panel, on the receiving end of the racist insult that Kiko Casilla handed out earlier on this season. It sheds a little bit of light on some interesting dynamics in the Leeds dressing room in the wake of that, doesn't it? Yeah, and Kiko's been in the press in in Spain um, basically saying that there was no evidence, I did nothing wrong, and saying that if he was, uh, if the investigation had been in Spain, he would have been better able to defend himself. And he's still refusing to apologise because as far as he's concerned, nothing ever happened. Meanwhile, all his teammates were on holiday with Jonathan Lico and having a lovely time. And Kiko's on his own on a beach with his girlfriend um, or wife, I'm not sure, spouse, beloved, betrothed, partner. That's the, the correct term, isn't it? Yeah. And it's time to sell him. Yeah, but I don't think any anybody in that villa in Marbella is particularly 
oh, I mean, yeah, it's nice having a, a good time here with, with Jonathan and the lads from West Brom, but really can't wait to get back to training and see Kiko again. It's just not working that way at all. So find a club in Spain or take him and let them have him and he can go and be unapologetic elsewhere. On to the other group of holidaymakers. And I've really enjoyed seeing the photos of this. And I think it's so lovely that actually all these players having spent so long in each other's pockets and Bielsa makes them do long days and lots of training is that a massive group of them have all gone on holiday together with their partners. And you would think, oh, maybe we want to spend some time, you know, with the wives and girlfriends. But no, they want to just carry on hanging out together, which I think is great. I was mainly concerned by, I mean, I'm a man who can go on a, ho- a week's holiday and put on about a stone. They're so thin. They're still so thin. They need, they need more food. They're looking at, it's Bamford and Cooper on the, they're on a boat. And, and they look like they're both just being chained up in a cellar or something for a, for six months. There's absolutely no meat on them still. Remember the good old days of Paddy Kenny coming back and being put a three stone on? Stuart Dallas looks like he's been chained to a radiator, but not because of his physique, just the permanent expression on his face throughout all this. I've never seen anybody look. And the the, the photo is uh, is on his Instagram of this group shot, and it's one where you'd, you'd maybe think, oh, yeah, everybody looks good, but I think I might just see if there's another one. Could we take that again? I'm not sure you quite got my got my best side. The other thing to note for this group photograph is that uh, much as it was fantastic to see Tyler Roberts took his championship medal to Marbella, Alioski's hit Ibiza with his Champions 20 T-shirt. <laughs> and he's hit it with some other interesting clothing as well. The one that I think it's just a shirt, but it's a shirt that looks like it's got a waistcoat over it. I saw someone on Twitter describing it. He's dressed like Aladdin's monkey. <laughs> is he with, is he there with a girlfriend, Alioski? I'm not sure. Or is he there by him? Because it's all couples, isn't it? I've not I don't know enough about his personal circumstances, or has he just tagged himself onto the couples group and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> there is another photo that I think Nobody's entirely sure if it's him or a lookalike, but appears to include Salim Lamrani. Uh, Alioski there it does appear to be touching a woman. And when if you count off uh, this group photograph on the boat, I think it does tally up that there is a there is a, a, a spare lady for him. Even if if he didn't arrive there with her, I don't know if they've sort of set him up set him up with a mate. Oh, you know, I'll tell you what, you two, you've not met. Get out on holiday together. Magic's going to happen. <laughs> it's fucking Johnny Alioski. Which, although, I mean, I would love to meet the woman who could tame Johnny Alioski. That would be a formidable personality, I think. It does look like the photographer in that photo on the boat is female. And you would imagine it's Alioski's friend who's, who's taking the photo. Oh, God bless that boy. God bless him in his fashion sense. Berardi has been abroad as well. He's also in Spain. Slightly different set of circumstances. He's got a heavily strapped leg, but he's given us a thumbs up from his uh, medical bed in Barcelona. We also got to see a still of him FaceTiming with Salim Lamrani as well, which was uh, a very nice touch to see those two having a, a nice chat. You describe that leg as heavily strapped. I think that sort of implies, you know, when they have a bit of, uh, it's a bit like electrical tape now, don't they? Physio tape and that. It's about three inch thick bandages from ankle to bollock is what they've got on on his leg and his hashtag on it i think was new knee there he is just smiling clearly just come up out from uh general anesthetic and just about has the strength still to put his his thumb up god bless him why couldn't his leg just have stayed intact 
I think you're wrong there. I think he's done this operation himself without anaesthetic. Just gone in there with scalpel and that. I don't know what it is about about this lot, but I think I'm enjoying this promotion now and this championship win even more in its wake because all the tension's been stripped away and I've fully appreciated what a lovely bunch of bastards these people are. I love them all. It is a very different feeling. Moscow mentioned it with the old Van Dog and Paul Green and Paddy Kenny on holiday together when the overriding feeling was these people shouldn't be allowed holidays. What have they done to deserve to deserve to go anywhere? Paul Green has no right to leave Pontefract. He can go to Castleford for an afternoon, something like that. Junction 32 and no further, you bastards. Mateus Click, though, and you tweeted something about this, Michael, and I agreed with you so much, and I'm sure there will be loads of people listening to this who will go, yeah, yeah, I get that totally. He's been off in Poland spending time with his family, but of all the different holidays that all these people have taken, I like the fact that Click's kind of gone off on his own to a cabin in the woods. That was the sentiment in your tweet. Yeah, the others, I mean, it looks hard work to me, the other ones. Calvin and Ben White are just around a lot of beautiful people, which they are, so they can be there. But it just looks like hard work being there. And equally on a boat, I'm just thinking, oh, I'm seasick. I'm, you know, I've not got the same body fat percentage as, as Pat Bamford there. I don't I don't need that. It's the organisation as well. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and say, oh, well, Bill wants to go to this bar, oh, but Barry likes the one that we went to the other night. And oh god, now on oh, the girlfriends have fallen out, and oh no, and and Jenny, I mean, we thought they'd get along, but actually, <laughs> she's trying to, she's packing her bags and heading to the airport. Yeah, clicks kept it simple: log cabin, quad bike, load of sausages, bit of football in the garden with his dad. Just perfect. Just a man who knows what he's just he's just doing what he wants to do there. He's not being under any pressure put on him by anyone else in the squad. Who'd be like, you should come, you'd have a good time. He's like. Uh, not as good time as if I was just in a cabin eating sausages. The sausages as well should not be underrated. There's a heap of bangers that was on display there. I don't think we need to worry about his his weight anymore. He did have a, a pile the size of his head and there were chunky articles as well. I think the, the other thing to note with Click is that for at least part of the way, he did take his daughter with him. Whereas I think with the rest of them, it has just been ditch the kids with the nannies and get to the beach as quickly as possible. Maybe take one of the nannies to look after Alioski. Maybe that's who they've set him up with. Where Click has, has kept it family, gone to see his, his dad. There was a nice video of him playing um, football tennis with his dad and then the sausages. There was It seemed to be like a, a, a full barbecued chicken covered in sausages as well, which was quite spectacular and then topping it all off by um it's not clear whether it was him on the quad bike doing donuts in the dark but somebody certainly was and seems to be having a very mellow time all of them heroes in my eyes uh however specific awards have been given out the player of the year awards took place after the season concluded pablo won player of the year is that the third year on the bounce that one first player ever to win three in a row i was trying to actually remember three years ago how good he was that was the christiansen pecking bottom season wasn't it when I think maybe no one was brilliant Samu Saez Pierre-Michel Lasaga Samu Saez let's go Saez yeah Saez was very good for some of it anyway but yeah Pablo I mean we've covered it before but I think his little run of games after lockdown has cemented his place as a great now whether or not he's going to rack up the same number of appearances or goals as someone like Strachan did almost doesn't matter too much but because what he's done now is he's so special for us He's almost been elevated kind of to American football special teams, isn't he? Where we can just sort of bring him off the bench and 
He can just do his bits in open play. He doesn't just have to kick it over the great big goalposts or anything like that. He's just brought on just to add that magic. I see you really understand American football. That's the idea, isn't it? You, you run it over the line and you kick it over the posts. What more do you need to know? That's the one. Padded rugby. Right. He was pleased with that, but he did dedicate it to all the rest of the players. Uh, the players' player of the year, Stuart Dallas, which is very nice to be picked by his peers. I think Dallas would have been a fair winner of the player of the year award as well. So it's nice that he's won this one. He deserved something. And our very own Ben White won Young Player of the Year. Great to see one of our academy lads coming through and making such an impact. If he doesn't stay, he'll have to give that back. Robbie Gotts can have it. And Gotts won the Academy Player of the Year, actually, didn't he? Well, maybe then um, one of the other ones. (laughs) (laughs) Give it Jamie Shackleton, he was good. Ben White, if Ben White refuses to stay, we should cross his name off that list. And delete his number from Calvin's phone. Yeah, we will talk more about Ben White uh, in just a bit. Worth just boxing this off by saying Luke Ayling won goal of the year for that goal against Huddersfield. The volley and the hair. That was secured by the hair, wasn't it? It was a truly great strike, but the hair was the cherry on the icing on the cake. Van Basten never let his uh, ponytail flow like that, did he, when he scored against the Soviet Union? So I feel Ayling won Van Basten nil. And congratulations as well to Olivia Smart, who picked up the Bobby Collins Awards. Each year it's dedicated to a member of the Leeds United team who has made a significant contribution, uh, both at the club and in the wider community. And when I say team, I mean the whole team, not necessarily just the, the footballers on the pitch. And she's been NHS frontline throughout the coronavirus pandemic. She was at Leeds ladies when we were covering them when, uh, in more detail when they were um, separated from the club by various forms of Massimo Cellino's madness and um, and yeah it was it was one of those things at a level where you you have players who can't make every game and I think working uh, I think she was in the ambulance service at the time and is now uh, based at one of the hospitals I can't remember which was generally deemed a, a good enough excuse but yeah when she was on the pitch had that charming Leeds United quality of not giving a fuck about the opposition very entertaining player to watch and uh, combining those two roles playing for a, a football team at the weekend and training during the week and working in a hospital. Good to get an award for that, I think. What did Ben White do? Fuck all. Phil Hayes back from his week off this week, so we'll catch up with him later on uh, in the week on our podcast that we do with him for The Athletic. Big interview this week with Max Gradle that's going to be live. Should be a good one, that. Looking forward to reading that. You can read that and everything that Phil writes ad-free on The Athletic. The podcast is free in all the usual places, same places you get this one. Just search for The Phil Hayes Show. If you're a subscriber to The Athletic, you can listen ad-free. However, 50% square ball discount is in place for a limited time. Theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Have you heard of that fellow Marcelo Bielsa? All round good egg. He's won some stuff. He won the League Managers Association Championship Manager of the Year Award. And more tears brought forth as he did the video accepting the award, which I don't know about you, I was glued to that, every single word of it. I always am when he speaks. He's got such a slow, methodical delivery that it's it's nice to listen to, even when I don't understand what he's saying. I don't even need it translating and I can understand it's good. It was very telling that he started with an apology. Very Marcelo. He started by apologising that he was uh, not delivering his speech in English, but rather in his his own language. And I got the impression that he actually gave a damn about winning this. I don't think awards and particularly not individual awards necessarily mean a great deal to him. 
But because this one, as you said, the fact that my colleagues have decided to single out my contribution means so much to me. And I think that's probably true in this case for somebody who is, it gets forgotten sometimes, but he is as derided in Argentina as he is loved. To be recognised by other coaches in this way probably does mean a lot to him. It's It, it must have been a, a couple of weeks of great personal satisfaction for him, no matter how much he tries to hide behind, oh, the, the kitchen staff really deserve all the the, the real credit, and I'm sure he, he does feel genuinely that it is a group effort, but part of him must look back over the the last 20 years since he, he last won a trophy and all the criticism he's had in that time and want to scream, fuck you, look at this that I've won now. And this is one that I think he'll, um, he'll have enjoyed. We also got to see Alex Ferguson having to do a little speech about it as well, which was... It was interesting to see the colour Alex Ferguson's turned since since retirement. I mean, he would, he was always heading that direction, but he's gone. I believe the colour he's gone full Brazil. Will a brain hemorrhage do that to you? Do you think? <laughs> I'm not an expert in the symptoms. I think it's more red wine, maybe a bit of whiskey. It's my my, my attempt to engender some sympathy for <laughs> Alex Ferguson falls on absolutely deaf ears. Whatever he it was all billed as um, Alex Ferguson delivers you know, tribute to Marcelo Bielsa. And um, when I watched it, he, he appeared to just say, Marcelo Bielsa's done well. Nice to have Leeds back. Cheers, mate. Fucking anybody could have said that. What I've enjoyed since we've been promoted is how the narrative's just shifting around Bielsa and the other managers in the league. And we will talk about Lampard in just a bit, but it seems like he's getting found out for being a bit of a crybaby now, given that he's not stopped whinging about one thing or another over the last few weeks. Whereas Bielsa through securing promotion and, and winning the division, has morphed into this kind of cuddly granddad figure almost. And you know he's kind of, he's almost going to be seen as like this granddad patriarch figure when he gets into into the Premier League because you've got the likes of Pep in there, plus a load of younger managers, who I'm sure most of them, Lampard aside, will treat him with great reverence and, and respect. And that must really, really piss off Frank Lampard because he's an entitled twat. I think the difference is that Bielsa has years and years of ridiculously hard work behind him and a huge amount of integrity and Lampard has none of that and eventually it's a case of cream rising to the top. You saw a bit of it this season with uh, the way Slavon Bilic greeted him and hugged him and thanked him at the end of that that game because Bilic is no Bielsa, he's no Guardiola but you know he has managed at World Cups and has put a track record of experience and decent achievement and was well aware of the significance of who he was on the, the touchline with. And, and when Jurgen Klopp faces off against uh, Marcelo Bielsa and acts that way on the touchline regarding him as a peer and an equal, I think the only way I can uh, illustrate Frank Lampard's reaction is to refer people to that gif of EastEnders, what's-her-face looking through the, the curtain, shaking with anger. Um, uh, what she can see in uh, on the the touchline at Anfield, Frank absolutely gutted that they're friends and he's being left out of it when the code says he should be the most popular boy in the school. Did you notice that he got booked? Was it in the FA Cup final on the touchline for breaking the code? Yeah, his dad's going in to have a word about that. Uncle Larry will have a word. Yeah, he's threatening to not pay his fees next term because of that. It's all kicked off. 
regards to Marcelo Bielsa, it would be nice and would settle a few nerves, I think, if he put pen to paper on his contract. But we do we do know that these things can't be rushed where, where he's concerned. But jungle drums suggest it's all in hand. Um, on to uh, transfers. The gears are grinding there and it's all starting to... Uh, to wind upwards, I guess, because we're going to start making signings soon, you would hope, given that pre-season training is just around the corner. Heading out, however, first of all, Ryan Edmondson has joined Aberdeen on loan until January, and he came off the bench against Rangers in a 1-0 defeat. Send him as far away as possible. <laughs> Seems to have been the instruction. Either Plymouth didn't want him, or Aberdeen maybe. Aberdeen season starts sooner, doesn't it? So at least he gets straight into football. It was the making of Noel Whelan. Absolutely calmed him down and straightened him out playing for Aberdeen. It's been an absolute paragon of sobriety ever since. And a young lad on the way in then, Joe Gellhart seems to be um, almost done and dusted, the young lad from Wigan. I mean, you said on one of the previous podcasts, Michael, we estimated the fee might be around four to five million quid. Uh, somewhere around a million. We've had the pants down a bit, judging by his reputation. Is Krasner still de- dealing with this one? Because that might explain it. But I, I sent a DM to Mudhutter, who are the Wigan fanzine to be like well first of all I think we might be ripping you off on this so sauce about that because we've been there aren't we when you get fleeced for all of your good players and we had Salah and Lennon for like 30p or something when we went down he's a little gem think Rooney but a much nicer lad pace power aggression and he can really hit one and as old men all fancy his mum scouts milftastic apparently and I'm not sure who's found this on the prep sheet but there's a picture of him and his mum um, I did find that that's that's Lynn his mum she's on Twitter she looks lovely and she seems very proud of her boys and she probably doesn't deserve what Leeds fans are very capable of delivering her way, the poor woman. As long as she comports herself a little bit better than Matt Grimes' mother, then I don't think there's, there's going to be any reason for a problem. Kyle Bartley's mum has always had a, a very warm relationship with Leeds United fans on Twitter. Her Twitter bio does reveal the information. She describes herself as the mother of two gorgeous boys, Joffy and Daniel. So by the process of elimination, um, I think Joe must be known to Mumsy as Joffy. Are we comfortable with Joffy Gellhart playing for Leeds? Joffy? Yeah, I like Joffy. Have we had a Joffy before? I don't think we've had a Joffy. Joffy's Giants? Now that was Jossie, as you well know. One for the kids. (laughs) It's near enough. I did also find uh, a nice photo of him in his younger days heading to, uh, he'd, he'd received a call up to train with the under-15 England squad. So he's going to be 14 at this point, unless he was very precocious and he was 10. But um, long, thick, straw-like uh, hair, looking like a, looking like a Scouse Thurston Moore is who we're dealing with here. And if you don't know who Thurston Moore is, maybe a parent can help um, answer that. Ask uh, Joffy's mum. She might know. Tweet at her. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet at Lynn Gellhart and ask her who Thurston Moore is. Don't do this. Do do not. It looks like a kind of youthful indie band Thomas Frank with that hair. That's how I'd best describe it. Um, shoulder length locks and uh, swept over fringe. Yeah, he'd be in a, a kind of a um, a post Grebo three piece in about nineteen ninety six with that haircut. It's um, it's almost a bit of a shame that he's he's smartened it up so much and just seems to have just a, a normal kind of scouse back and sides now. But um, maybe that's one thing we can get him to bring back at Leeds. Grow your hair out, son. You're in Yorkshire now. We need to talk about Ben White. We do need to talk about Ben White. And that message that he posted, uh, that Calvin responded to with, with tears, saying he actually loves him. Some people have taken this as a goodbye message. I take it more as a kind of a generic, 
I don't know what's going to be happening, but I do want to say thanks message. It's the end of the holiday romance. That's how it feels to me. It's goodbye. He's not so keen about keeping in touch. No, let's let fate decide this one, is how I feel he's saying it. People did point out that um, that Jackie Harris, well, Jack Harrison at the time, did put a similar message on. And then obviously Jackie came back to us in a, and found his home. So maybe it'll be the same with Ben. I think it was just the end of his loan contract because we extended for a month so he could play through the end of the season. And assuming his his date was originally uh, end of June, he posted this at the end of July. It was if it was 30 days after. He probably had it saved in his drafts from the day he signed, actually, because he has that sort of, you know, so grateful to everybody. Thank you for my loan move. And uh, he probably had it set up to just post automatically. Changed it at the last minute to include a photo of him with the, the lead championship trophy, but just be, you know, think like, yeah, right. When you when your contract ends, just just post something to thank the fans. It's part of the deal. So I wasn't necessarily worried about it. He's still signing for us. And Calvin's tears, let's not forget, they were still on holiday when this was posted. This was clearly in the throes of a massive come down because we've all felt terribly sad and had that existential terror when... You know, when you're gripped by the beer fear in the midst of a hangover, you know what it's like. He actually loves him. What a player, what a man. And who can disagree? I think we've all fallen in love with Ben White this season. Just stay, for fuck's sake, stay. Well, stay he might, because the Brighton owner, Tony Bloom, have you seen he was doing bits with The Athletic, and part of that chat suggests that they have got too many centre-backs, so they need to work out what they're doing. And on top of that, their finances don't look great either. So uh, the quotes are... He says, I'm not going to speculate on whether we may or may not get offers for many of our players. We certainly do have an abundance of centre-backs and there are constant discussions between myself uh, and Graham, that's Potter, and Dan Ashworth, the technical director. So the recruitment team will will no doubt work through that. But I mean, but that's a clear signpost that they're going to be looking to offload centre-backs, isn't it? It's as clear as a message as you're going to get. And a different paragraph in this states that Brighton are bracing themselves for a record loss uh, for the season just gone as a result of coronavirus and they're setting sights on future profitability. So the door is wide open. It's just about whether we can be the ones to snatch him out of there or whether he's set for uh, for a Champions League club or something. They also signed um, this Joel Veltman from Ajax. So they've added to their stock of central defenders as if in advance of one or more of them leaving. It did make me think that we should probably have just shortcutted everything and gone in for this Feltman. 28-year-old Dutch international with 22 caps, 200 appearances for Ajax, ball-playing centre-back who can play at centre-back or or right-back. Um, and because of his uh, release clause, cost them £900,000. Why didn't we just sign him? Sounds mint. And then um, it could even be better than Ben White. Obviously wouldn't play for Leeds for the next 20 years as Ben White will. But... Um, might have solved the problem if we just bought that guy. But yeah, they've not only do they have too many centre-backs and no money, but they've just bought another centre-back with what little money they don't have. So they really need to just let Ben White go. And Man City have bought, what's his face from Bournemouth? Nathan Ake. Ake. So they've spent untold millions on signing him, so they don't really need any more centre-backs. Liverpool... I mean, you could sign for Liverpool and what you're going to say in your, your first interview. Yeah, I think um, I'm here to challenge Virgil van Dijk for his position. Well, you're not. So after those clubs, you're not going to go to scum, are you? And they're, oh, I, I feel like I could learn so much from Phil Jones. 
Nobody wants to play for Jose Mourinho at Tottenham. I think if he suggested to Calvin Phillips, oh, Frank Lampard's interested in taking me to Chelsea, just laugh at him. Arsenal for Phil Jones, read David Luiz. He may as well just come here. Do you think he will? I, the way you've just sold it, I think that seems it seems like the only thing he can do. I think the, the key thing is his low wages at Brighton do not reflect his worth. And we'll probably, it, it's a, it feels like a tough pill to swallow for Leeds fans who immediately think that we should be um, challenging to win the league. But if we present ourselves as that stepping stone club to bridge the gap between Brighton, who are awful, and Liverpool, who win everything, and say, you know, if you come here and impress, then you will actually be able to dislodge Virgil van Dijk when he's over the hill in a couple of years and then just like completely refuse to sell him. That's probably the tactic. Lie to him. Not lie to him, just construct a convincing narrative, I think is the right way to phrase it. But let's hope that there's a bit of a wedge of money coming our way that may help to fund buying him and a bunch of others because the 49ers, very clear signposting here that Tarek Panja reported on in the New York Times, Radrizani challenged the 49ers to, to step up their um, their involvement at Leeds United, which I took to mean give us a load of money. And they've responded in kind and said that that's something they're interested in. What do you reckon? If you can just ask him for money, can we do it? I'd, I'd like some. Just saying. If it's as simple as that. Could the 49ers increase their investment in the square ball? They do not have any investment in the square ball, incidentally. Although, doors always open as... Uh, as Radvitsani said, I didn't really see Radvitsani's comments as a challenge. They just sort of read that way. And his his grasp of English sometimes sounds quite weird. When he, he says, um, the quote from Radvitsani was, I expect them to help us more, step up, and potentially in the future years in the Premier League, in club management, particularly the stadium and merchandise. And it, it was in answer to a question about his future and the investors future and it's sort of saying well what do you think is going to happen in the future and he says well oh I expect they'll help us more and they'll they'll be more involved basically what he's saying is that they they'll bring more value to the club now we're in the Premier League than they could have done in the Championship because things that we can do in the Premier League um, are relevant to their experience and whereas in the Championship there wasn't really any point in them saying well hey you should build an enormous uh, dome and get electronic ticket machines it's like well yeah we're, we're playing Barnsley not much point. Whereas I think the point of it was that it now becomes relevant. And yeah, and it the the reporting says that um, I didn't realise that um, Parag Marate, I think it was Marathe or however his, his, I feel terribly ashamed for not knowing how his name is pronounced, but the, the fellow from the 49ers was friends with Radritzani before the investment. And it says apparently they talked to each other two times a week. And he actually, apart from the talk of um, increasing their investment now, which is the thrust of the New York Times story, is that Marathe said it's something that we are absolutely hoping to do is to uh, increase their investment and put some more uh, money in. And then he's, he's very cautious about the rest of it, talking about Sheffield United as an example and saying, you know, you don't want to say every player out now, we're a Premier League club, buy this and this and this player. Sometimes you want to build it organically and thoughtfully, which obviously lots of fans have gone, fuck that, just sell to QSI. But the loose end that he's tied up is, you remember when GFH announced that we had a link up with the 49ers? Yeah, David Haig did it on Twitter, didn't he, in the way that all professional deals are done. Apparently, that wasn't a complete lie. 
Oh, David Haig's improving then. <laughs> so it said uh, there was there was also a statement on the Leeds United website and uh, announcing this. It wasn't purely David Haig who we didn't believe. It was the the football club that he was managing. But the story in the New York Times says that the 49ers first took an interest in Leeds United in 2011 when Marathe, the president of 49ers Enterprises, was scouring the world for sports brands in which the team could invest. The 49ers did not invest then, but they did sign a strategic partnership agreement that largely failed to yield any positive results, according to Marathe. But the team's interest in the club remained, and by 2015, uh, he was friends with Ratrizzani, and in 2017, Ratrizzani went and bought Leeds. And Marathe said, I said, wow, it's such a coincidence because I actually love this club and I spent some time around this club. And so that's sort of how the story now is that the 49ers came to be involved. They'd already looked at Leeds in the GFH era, got absolutely nothing out of GFH and probably quite lucky to um, that the 49ers weren't completely collapsed by the association and then was mates with uh, with Radrizzani when he bought it. And it then seems quite natural. It seems the two competing sides to this have always been QSI versus the 49ers. And we've assumed that QSI have the, the advantage because of Radrizzani's friendship at that end. But if he's also been friends for five years with um, the guys at the 49ers and speaks to them two times a week, um, almost friends even before Leeds United, then that sort of changes the idea of the, the dynamic. And Radrizzani is saying the same thing that he's, he's said since he always came in, where he said, uh, people have said I would sell in the Premier League, but I've always said I would sell if I couldn't achieve the Premier League. But now I would love to stay 10 years, maybe more, 20. I'm still young. I don't have any rush. I'm enjoying it. And so that's why he's always talking about people coming in to invest. And whether it's a good idea to have people owning bits of the club, I suppose it helps if they're your mates. Mind you, you look at what Man City and how that's structured now. That's um, part Arab owned and part American, isn't it? And maybe even part Chinese these days. It's got, um, like there are slices of it in loads of different parts of the world and they seem to be doing roughly all right. So if we do similar to what Man City have done in terms of progress, I'd be fine with that. I do wonder what exactly, when that conversation happened, the 49ers, when they sat down with GFH, what exactly uh, they would have learned from GFH. That's an open question. I think we would have just ended up with GFH probably DMing us saying they're asking about uh, this stuff. Do you know? And be like, no, that's you've got the books. You need to look at them. We haven't got those ones yet. They've not. They've not sent them to company's house. Oh right, right. Okay, okay. No worries. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We're joined now on the podcast by Sarah Hardy from North Brewing Co. Hiya, Sarah. Hello, hi. So we've collaborated on a beer, which has got to be one of the coolest things we've ever done, which we'll get to that <laughs> in just a minute or two. First, want to pick your brains and get your thoughts on that glorious season then. Temporarily during the pandemic, I've been living back with my dad for a bit and he's like diehard season ticket holder. Um, when I moved in and the season had been cancelled, he was just like, I can't believe it. It was meant to happen last year. It didn't happen. It was meant to happen this year. It's been cancelled. What will happen? So that was a bit stressful. I was a bit more stressed about like the global pandemic, but his fears were all about what was going to happen with Bielsa. And then we'd been thinking about doing this Leeds United beer for a while when it was looking quite promising for the season. Obviously, with football being called off, we had to shelve all of those plans. So I had my dad's anxiety to deal with and my anxiety about the beer. But yeah, just very, very pleased that it all came together and it didn't go back to the playoffs again. Well, first up is the design of the cans. I mean, all your cans look absolutely amazing. Yellow and blue with a special beer inside. Tell us about this beer. Um, So this beer is, we've done a Californian style pale ale. So basically we wanted something that was really fresh, really hoppy, but the kind of thing you want to drink in the summer, probably in a a garden or a park around Leeds, because I don't think any of us are getting to California this year. But yeah, just something that was like really tasty, not too strong. Uh, So it's only four and a half percent. So you can have a couple of them and uh, raise a glass to the, the win. A champion beer. Love it. Exactly. Well, we've set up a redirect that will take you through to your website, the North Brewing Co. website, when the product is live. That is going to be the squareball.net forward slash beer. So if you can't remember details and things like that, all you need to remember is forward slash beer. That's nice and simple, isn't it? (laughs) And there's a load of merch as well that we've done around this. Tell us about the merch. Yeah, so I thought it'd be really fun to do a t-shirt because I've really like the merch that you guys put out already. My dad's a big fan of Calvin, so he's got his eye on that Calvin Prince mug that's on your site. And I wanted to do a t-shirt that kind of incorporated the square ball design, the North Brinco design, and then also the can label. So it's a white t-shirt with a blue and yellow design on. And we're selling them in merch packs on on our website. So you'll get four cans of the beer, a t-shirt, and then a badge set as well, which has got our design in blue and yellow, your design in blue and yellow, and then the can design in blue and yellow. It's so cool, honestly. This is far cooler than <laughs> I think any of us is. <laughs> it is a, a beautiful union between two long-standing institutions in the city because even long before we got involved with the Square Ball, started in 1989, and North Brewing Co., in case people don't know, that came out of the people who started the North Bar, which has basically transformed beer in Leeds and beyond since 97 and it's kind of a a Leeds I mean it feels such a shame to start calling things venerable institutions because they sound old but it's been there for a bloody long time. Obviously quite a few of us at the brewery grew up in Leeds and have kind of lived with Leeds United's highs and lows but we didn't want it to just seem like we were jumping on a bandwagon um, and just stick like a Leeds United design on a beer so I was chatting to the directors about the square ball like 
knew about you guys through social media and kind of explained that I thought it would be a bit more organic to partner with someone else who's got kind of similar values, is kind of independent, works in design, works in creating good content and also just something that celebrates Leeds as a city. So it's really nice to to be able to team up on this. And a brand that likes to taunt Frank Lampard, presumably, as well. <laughs> exactly. Like, I was chatting to my dad about it and he was like, yeah, so they're, tell that they're like close to Leeds United, but they're also kept at arm's length because they're not afraid to say what they think. So. Well, we've got one prize crate for one lucky winner. That's 12 cans. There's the special limited edition T-shirt that Sarah mentioned before. We'll also stick some square ball goodies in there too. T-shirts, stickers and stuff like that. If you want that prize crate, email us your name and address to podcast at thesquareball.net. Stick the word beer in the subject line so they'll all filter into one folder nice and handily for us. Um, Just to let you know, the competition will close at noon on Monday the 17th of August. Entries after that won't be included in the draw. Uh, One winner will be picked at random. Over 18s only. Terms and conditions apply. Please see drinkaware.co.uk. Reminder then, send your name and address to podcast at thesquareball.net and stick beer in the subject line. And even better than that, you can secure a 10% discount on everything at the North Brewing Co. website if you use the discount code SQUAREBALL10. And we look forward to tasting that beer. See you in a bit, Sarah. Cheers, guys. Bye. One day we're going to have a party to celebrate promotion, but where is it going to be? Well, the booze baton slash sangria stick determines the whereabouts of that party. Conceived in August 2019 and throughout the season was looked after by Eden J. Harris. You can find Eden on Twitter. In short, the party was going to be held in Leeds from August onwards until somebody beat us. So, you know, Stoke knocked us out of the League Cup. Then it went there and changed hands accordingly. And we got the domestic European split. That happened when it ended up with Liverpool. It ended up in the UK in Southampton. That one is locked in. At some point, we will be taking a journey to the South Coast to have some uh, some beers with the Hampshire Whites, no doubt. European variant is still in place, still with Atletico Madrid. They are playing uh, RB Leipzig on August the 13th in that Champions League quarterfinal in Portugal. And then next, assuming they make it through there, will be Atalanta or Paris Saint-Germain in the semi-final. Ideally, want to avoid Paris. It's very expensive. That's that's about my only input. And if uh, RB Leipzig are the victors, is the whole thing just declared null and void? Because we can't just go to a Red Bull factory. I mean, Leipzig's a proper place. Is it? We don't have to like the football team. Is there such a place anymore? I've been there once. When? It seemed all right. 2006. Ah, uh, you see, it's taken over since. And give them the fun that Jean-Kevin Augustin has either been up to or not been up to, depending on what the legal position is on that particular Twitter report. Uh, we could invite him to the party because if you are to believe some of the rumours, he likes a good party. Who's going to push him around? I think we can be clear uh, on the tweet that he has not been paralysed for a week um, due to excess laughing gas intake. He, he didn't look like somebody who has lost all use of all of his limbs, um, as was alleged. It's quite a claim. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you do you hear sometimes. I mean, we've we've seen the, the famous photo of Chris Wood on the balloons. And so it's it's not a unheard of for footballers to be using nitrous oxide in their, their leisure time to, to then leap um, into the accusation in cues, uh, involved in these tweets in, in France that he'd been in uh, in hospital because he'd lost all use of his arms and legs for seven days. 
quite a, quite a big leap that one, and one that uh, that bless him, Jean Kevin, uh, his anger quite rightly he said that he had family members phoning him up, trying to find out, you know, is he okay? Why have I, why have I, I've read this in the news? What's what's happening to you? Of course, he can't answer the phone. His arms don't work. Jesus, bless him. It it does sound like one of the stories that went round at school, you know, like oh, like a don't do drugs kids message, right? But like, you take even one shallow breath of it. And you can be, you can lose all feeling in your arms and legs if you're lucky. Don't do cake. Our podcast partner is Levi Solicitors, and they are ready to help you out when you need it. It's a leads company with offices across the country, and like everyone, they're contending with social distancing right now. But you can see their full range of services, both personal and commercial, on their website. There's ten percent off for everybody who goes through us, and twenty percent off for key workers. You can get the discount and get in touch via levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Final part of the podcast now in which we pick our heroes and villains, the people who've brought us joy and disappointment across the last seven days. First up, the Ken Bates Villainy Award. First up is Ken Bates. Those are the rules. Uh, Kenton has been in the news, albeit for something several years ago. And given that we've just spoken about Levi solicitors, let's be exceedingly careful about how we discuss this particular nomination. After just uh, dancing very carefully around the, the subject of Jean-Kevin Augustin's um, and laughing gas, I feel very comfortable saying my work here is done and Michael can take care of this one. It's just a photograph. I mean, it, it could be of, it could be any sort of circumstances these two have met, but there's a nice picture of Ken Bates and Ghislaine Maxwell, who, if anyone's seen the uh, the Netflix documentary about Jeffrey Epstein, will be, uh, should be, will be aware of her. And she's been in the news a fair bit recently. But not to say Ken's involved in any of it. He's just once had a picture with her in what looks like the 80s probably that's probably the other good reason why you deal with this because i would have pronounced it gislane <laughs> i think it's i think that's how you say it anyway um i mean it's whether or not this or the picture of ken bates with ian smith of rhodesia is the the better photo but if you're going to judge a man by the company he keeps uh that would be unfair and there's no suggestion ken bates has done anything wrong good frank lampard however <laughs> keeps frank lamparding so we need to talk about him here well touchline code broken in the FA Cup final, and now he thinks Chelsea should start the season later than everyone else. There's, there's, there's a rule in place, basically, where they said if people are involved in the Champions League until later on, they can have a bit more time. Chelsea are going out of the Champions League because they're 3-0 down, which would give them 35 days, which is within the figure that everyone agreed. But that's not good enough for Frank, because he thinks that we've got two people who've pulled hamstrings, and he thinks the Premier League needs to look seriously at this to give them a fair start next season. We deserve to be, as a, as a Premier League club, competing in the Champions League. So he's, he's not just doing it for Frank Lampard. This is for, for Britain, for Queen and Country. Chelsea need more time. He needs to be looking at their medical staff. I mean, Arsenal's players weren't all pulling up with injuries, were they? But it seemed like no Chelsea player could take more than two steps without their legs dropping off whether they were all on the the balloons in the dressing room beforehand and nobody told frank but um yeah and that that whole thing of you know we're representing the premier league and the champions league uh, believe me mate the premier league wants you knocked out as soon as possible fools well, are they three nil down from the first leg who are they playing by munich i mean <laughs> if frank lampard thinks he's going to win four nil against Bayern munich you're not with all of his players with hamstrings in tatters. And that's the other thing is how long does he want? Are we supposed to delay their matches until these hamstrings are cured? And then presumably 
unless he's also asking for the end date of the season to be finished, then the next whinge is going to be, uh, we're having to play too many games in too short a period. Well, yeah, because you wanted a fucking late start and we start to get the games in. I think we, we should only have to play 20 matches. Fuck off. Maybe he thinks they should just be awarded wins. Just give them 3-0 wins until they're ready. Well, the word that jumped out to me in that report was deserve. Chelsea deserve extra time off. Okay, let's move on. Well done, Frank, you big crybaby. Um, last week's heroic winners were the EFL of this award. Um, we need to give them a mention again this week. Well, they've got around to punishing Sheffield Wednesday, haven't they? It's only taken them like three years to do it. But better late than never. Or, or not really. Justice delayed is justice denied and all that. Still, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> It'd be more funny if Sheffield Wednesday were in League One next season, which they should be. Yeah, this gives them a chance to get out of it, and I'm not happy about that. They should have just been relegated to avoid all doubt. Never mind a points deduction, relegate them. There is that, but then if you think back to our minus 15 season and starting off the season on minus points, it kind of ruins your season from the get-go, doesn't it? I mean, they could end up at the top of League One and uh, you know blasting their way to promotion, which I'm sure they would enjoy if they did it. Whereas this way, they've had plenty of advance warning and they absolutely know that when this season starts again in mid-September, it's going to be shite. The group are going to be fine. With, with an in- inspiring leader like Gary Monk, probably there. Maybe. Is he going to be there? He's probably not going to fancy this, is he? I don't think it's really his thing. We need to give a name check to thisisfootball.com, who clearly listened to this podcast. Hi, lads. Um, thank you for using us as clickbait and also for completely getting the wrong end of the stick when it comes to our references, either by accident, because you're a bit daft, or deliberately to create clickbait website uh, articles. I think I'm the new Danny Mills and Moscow is the new, um, who else do they use? Noel Whelan quite often is quoted on these things. It's Michael Brown, but I don't want to be associated with him. Don't quote us for fuck's sake. Have you have you heard the general tone of this? I listen. I look forward to reporting on the uh, our opinions on laughing gas paralysing people and <laughs> as fact. Michael Michael Normanton's shock views on Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> Ken Bates went to Pedo Island. Claims Normanton. I uh, I was up podcaster issues transfer claim on Ben White for saying that um, Kyle Bartley's, uh, the, the, the excellent work that Mrs. Luke Ayling did on Kyle Bartley to get him to sign permanently for Leeds will, will work just as well on Ben White with Calvin Phillips and Tyler Roberts getting exactly the same results. Um, what uh, This Is Football do? Well, they do two things. They don't let you read their site unless you turn off your ad blocker. So I went to Google, Googled the headline and then looked up the web cache version to get around that and to avoid giving them any uh, clicks for their adverts. Is They, they say what, what people have, have said and then they had the TIF thoughts and their TIF thoughts are, while we aren't entirely sure what Chapman is referring to regarding Kyle Bartley's permanent signing as Bartley only joined the club on loan, the point remains that the relationships players build while on loan at clubs are likely to have an outcome on how keen the player is on returning to the club. What they've missed is I wasn't talking about the season when Kyle Bartley joined Leeds United on loan. We all know about that. It was the summer afterwards when he was on holiday with Luke Ayling and the family and then they convinced him to sign for Leeds permanently the next season, as any Leeds fan will remember. So they've completely missed the point, got it all wrong, used our name. I mean, I don't know how much Danny Mills gets paid for each one of these things that pops up on news now, but I assume he's getting more than the fuck all we're getting for uh, for being uh, quoted here. 
but at least they could they could at least try and get their uh, their assessments of our opinions a little bit closer to reality. And they also need to get up on the actual transfer scoops we're giving, like Danny Welbeck <laughs> signing for Leeds. There was no mention of that anywhere. It completely passed them by. And um, I keep wanting to say Paul Verhoeven, but it's Thomas Vermaelen. But, you know, Paul Verhoeven could be another signing that we're in for. Report that, you knobheads. Is that a real person? Paul Verhoeven was the director of Robocop, wasn't he? Exactly. <laughs> well, he, him too. <laughs> well, we're on um, Despicable Swines. Um, I, I only remembered when it was uh, mentioned earlier about Ken Bates' trip to Rhodesia. He dragged Oldham Athletic over there with him through um, no fault of their own. I think a lot of the players seriously doubted the, the wisdom of being taken there. Um, however, their new manager would... Um, well, I don't know how he would feel about a tour to Rhodesia, but I know that I don't like him. It's Harry Kuehl, um, so he can have a, a villain nomination for having a job. They've had um, Paul Scholes before as well, haven't they? So, I mean, do we need to look at shutting them down? <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting to see how far down the sort of... Was Paul Dickov their manager as well? I think so. Um, Jesus. that's That might be the, the deepest depth they hit. If they are just going through like episodes of the Premier League years from around the turn of the century going, ah, oh, you know, it'd be a good manager, Eric Backer. Let's try, let's let's get him in. Or um, name a mundane Stoke player from 2002. Uh, Ryan Shawcross. There we go. The, Ryan Shawcross, new manager of Oldham Athletic. It's just going to be that forever for them. So they may as well just close. Oldham is a place I've always associated with sheer bleakness, whether it's the plastic pitch and has never been able to contend with it or it always been about 15 degrees colder than the rest of the UK or the M62 in there. Never been a big fan. Well, Neil Warnock's managed there, so... And Ken Bates, when you when you add it all together, not the club for me. Are those all our candidates? Should we pick a winner? Should we give it to thisisfootball.com and see if they report on it? Michael Normanton puts thisisfootball.com on blast. <laughs> Issues <laughs> warning to clickbait website. Excellent. Well done, lads. So if you do need any content, if you want us to churn out shit content for you, we'll quite happily do it. Just pay us a bit. Bit of food on the table. That's fine. Subscribe to the Extra Ball, guys. The good stuff, the really juicy stuff is all on there. <laughs> Let's move on to the Andy Hughes Hero Award now then. Got to give a nomination to Harrogate Town, Bill Fotherby Link, and congratulations to them on their promotion to the EFL League 2. It's crazy. I'm kind of glad we're out of the EFL. This is no offence to Harrogate, but I'm kind of glad we're out of the EFL now Harrogate are in there because... It's not right that we're in the same thing. I find it just baffling that they're going to be playing Bradford next year. But, but, but fair plays from them. And I don't think they hate us, which is rare in Yorkshire. I get the feeling there's them, Halifax and York, to a certain extent, don't hate us. So there's that, there are now a few Yorkshire teams kicking around who are not, we're not maybe on the number one on the hate list. They'll be playing Harry Kewell's Oldham. Oh, can we go to that? Hopefully it'll be an international weekend and we can, we can turn up to his yell abuse at Kewell. Andy Hughes needs to get his boots on. This is his hero award. He is a resident of Harrogate, an absolute devotee of Betty's. And um, this is his time to uh, to get his career, his playing career, back on track. As a resident of Bradford, I live not too far from Harrogate Road and Bradford City, funnily enough, train at the pitches at Woodhouse Grove School, which is on Harrogate Road. So this is very juicy for me. I enjoy this a great deal. It is the Yorkshire Derby that the region has been crying out for for years. I mean, you think about it, it's like mixing oil and water, isn't it? Bradford City and Harrogate. Like, imagine all the residents of Bradford mooching through to 
to Harrogate. It'll be like that scene in Lord of the Rings, you know, when the orcs all storm that big gate or whatever. Although they are saying that they might end up playing elsewhere to begin with because they've got a plastic pitch that they're not allowed. So they might end up playing in Trieste or something like Massimo Chilino's um, Cagliari team. I mean, this there has been a, a rivalry brewing under the surface with uh, Harrogate Town playing Bradford Park Avenue in the West Riding County Cup. But I feel like everything's gone up a notch with this promotion. All good stuff. Right, let's move on to Arsenal, who are obviously having a nomination for ruining fat, fragile Frank's day at Wembley. And Eddie Nketiah for winning a medal with us, sort of, and sort of winning an FA Cup medal. He came on a sub. For winning two medals without doing much. Brilliant, thank he, you. Oh, now to be... No it, was, no, it was good for us in the bits he played. And he scored a couple of goals in their, um, their FA Cup campaign. Um, I did check because my first response was also... He doesn't deserve this. I had a bit of a Frank Lampard moment, but then uh, looking at it, realised that he uh, he did come on and also he, he helped them get there. And he was sent off, I think, in one of the earlier rounds. He was suspended for the semi-final due to a red card anyway. Yes, that's it. He was sent off in a Premier League match, wasn't he? And then was um, suspended for the, the semi-final. So I'm sure Frank Lampard left some kind of problem. They didn't have enough medals anyway. I noticed because they're, um, when they did the trophy presentation and all the players are having to to dish them out themselves. They were basically all grabbing them from the tray. And I think it was Granit Zaka who eventually took over and started handing them out to everybody until there were none left for him or the several other people who were waiting in line who had actually played in the game. And um, all the reserves just kind of ran on and grabbed them. And I think they were enough. And that's even before their striker, whose name um, I'll probably have to learn now we're in the Premier League. I know he's famous but he couldn't lift the trophy properly because he he didn't realise it came off the, the base. Yeah, you'd, I thought that was fairly standard for trophies, to have a base, but it did seem to be completely beyond him. I just chucked it on the floor as well. It was like, it, it, it was um, the kind it's of... It's broken! It's the kind of response I'm sure you're familiar with from your six-year-old twins, where if something doesn't immediately work the way they want it to, they just chuck it at your feet and stare at you. Come on, Dad, what's wrong with it? Fix it! And us losing to the eventual winners means that we would have won it had we managed to take a chance against them in the first half in January. Well, I mean, they've got really... They should give Pat Bamford one of those medals as a thank you for missing some chances in the opening half of that game because it couldn't have happened without him. Should we move on to nominating Marcelo Bielsa now because he has just won the LMA Championship Manager of the Year Awards, Manager of the Month, and no doubt more awards set to come his way. Can you think of any more he's likely to pick up in the next week or two? We should nominate uh, retrospectively as villains the Skybet EFL for not including Pablo Hernandez among their nominees for Player of the Month for July. Didn't he score about 20 goals and 15 assists and didn't even get on the the shortlist? Whereas Manager of the Month for Bielsa was just kind of one of those things that didn't really need to be said. It was kind of fairly obvious so given that to, to fucking Thomas Frank or somebody, there would have would have been outrage. But yeah, there, there's got to be some other awards that he will um, humbly decline. I think with the Skybet thing, it's like a long-term relationship. They've just started taking Pablo for granted now and he's going to leave them in the next couple of weeks because we're in the Premier League. Don't know if you noticed about that. Bielsa might well just win the, like, the Nobel Peace Prize or something because he's done so much. He's definitely the best man in the world, isn't he? Yeah, there's no argument. Unless he refuses to sign his new contract, in which case he's scum. <laughs> you see, I, I trust he had his reasons and he was probably doing the right thing. This is football. I'll be up on this one tomorrow. <laughs> Chapman. 
<laughs> insists Bielsa is scum. <laughs> the Bielsa contract refusal prompts angry response from podcasting nobody. <laughs> they didn't even plug your book, did they? They could have at least said best-selling author and put an Amazon link in or something, the bastards. Oh, dear me. Uh, is Bielsa having this, I presume? Yeah, he can have everything he wants, whether he signs his contract or not. Unless we're going to give it to Matt Click for cooking a load of sausages, which seems, you know, I mean, I've cooked a load of sausages before. I, d- I didn't expect anyone to give me an award for it. I thought you were suggesting we give Matt Click to Marcelo Bielsa as like another prize. Here you go. You can have him forever. He's yours now. He more or less does. He owns him anyway, doesn't he, basically? No news there. Yeah, well done, Marcelo Bielsa. And thank you. I love you so much and what you've done for me. You've improved my life beyond measure this last couple of years. And I don't ever want you to leave me, ever. Imagine, imagine if we were having to record this with the playoff final tomorrow. Just, well, I mean, it is happening tomorrow. We're just not involved in it, which is nice. If we were having to preview an actual game, fucking hell. Thank you for taking us well out of that. Yeah, we'll be back talking about that game on the Phil Hayes show later on in the week. Extra ball coming out for you. And if you want to get your hands on the merch, that's all shipping now. Head to the squareball.net forward slash merch. We'll catch up with you next week. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.